we are back and the season rolls along to week four. Another full weekend of college football lies ahead and we have some huge games this weekend. We had to re-record this. We only got three segments today. We had to, but that will come later. But we're kicking it off with another OG Pick 6 segment today. We preview six of the biggest, most important games of the upcoming weekend. The reason we had to redo this is because the Pac-12 had a huge change of plans during the show. And we're going to wrap it up with a revamp Brandon's Gambling Corner live today. We have a full show, so let's go ahead and kick this off. So pick six, still rolling along here. This is by far one of my favorite segments. We have a huge weekend of college football. The SEC makes this glorious return to the field. Brandon and I pick the six biggest and best games of this weekend. So let's get to it, B-Dub. Let's start off with our analysis and pick for our SEC East champion, the Florida Gators, when they travel to Oxford, Mississippi to take on the Ole Miss Rebels. Who do you have here? And why? Seth, who do you think I have? I mean, is there is that is this really even a question? I understand that there is a spread for this game. Uh, the spread, by the way, 13 and a half in Florida's favor. But that seems a little generous toward Ole Miss, right? I, I mean, how is this not just a complete domination? I, I mean, I understand this game is going to be played in Oxford, which I guess is where the bookmakers are like, well, maybe. Or like maybe they're thinking that some idiot's going to be like, oh, well, that line's a little bit closer than then it should be. Maybe there's something I don't know about Ole Miss. No, you know all you need to know about Ole Miss. You know that that they're the same team as last year, except for, I guess, a little bit of an update with Lane Kiffin. So, no, I mean, Florida comes out and absolutely destroys them on offense and defense. I mean, both sides of the ball, it's not going to be close. Yeah, uh, I, I actually, you know, I don't agree with you a lot, but I do agree with you here. I mean, the road to Atlanta begins in Oxford, Mississippi for the Gators. And the tenure of Lane Kiffin begins with probably one of the steepest challenges of the season. I mean, the Gators come in with playoff expectations. The Rebels come in with nothing to lose. And a coach that will honestly probably bet it all on red this weekend and try to get the win. I mean, my biggest storyline for the weekend here, Brandon, I mean, not for the weekend, but for this game per se. I mean, can Kyle Trask take advantage of this weak Rebel secondary and find a new number one wide receiver Outside of tight end Kyle Pitts, the Rebels secondary ranks outside the top 80 in the country and just are on a streak of bottom tier performances within the SEC. I mean, their highest graded returning cornerback is Jalen Jones, who only posted a 63 overall grade by pro football focus and coverage last year. You have right. Jacob Copeland, a wide receiver. Brandon, you love this kid. Kadarius Tony is also back. These are two... Gators players, I think you have to watch this weekend. How will they match up against this Rebels defense? I mean, Tony had got hurt last year, but he was averaging over 19 yards per touch last season, Brandon. And Copeland, he was inconsistent at best, dropped 16% of his catchable passes last year. So I need to see more from them. And John Rice Promley, man, is is he going to be able to be more than one-dimensional? Brandon, I know you know about this kid's running ability because LSU got roasted in the second hey, half of that Ole Miss we're even, game. We're not even talking about LSU right now, Zach, but okay, yeah, sure. We're about to. We're about to. But, you know, his passing stats, Brandon, only 52% completion percentage for 900 passing yards, four touchdowns, and three interceptions. And as a quarterback, he ran for over 1,000 yards and 12 touchdowns. So, I mean, he was much more effective on the ground. But do you trust that he could do this against this Florida defense? They, they're they too athletic. They're too long. They have the speed on the back end. Sean Davis and Kair Elam will both step into the box and cause serious problems on the outside for this Ole Miss offense. Plus, Brenton Cox Jr., five-star transfer from Georgia, also steps in on the defensive line to really sure up a Florida rushing attack that wasn't great at times last year. And, Brandon, I need you to answer this. Is there anybody other than Elijah Moore that you trust to be a big-time target for Plumlee? 
No, not not even not even a little bit. And I hardly trust Elijah Moore. Uh, maybe just based off of the uh, off of the unsportsmanlike uh, conduct penalty that cost him the game and, and the Egg Bowl last season. Maybe that's why I don't trust him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he definitely doesn't have any discipline. But you know, <laughs> uh, these two storylines, Brandon, are going to define the game. I don't think we have to spend any more time. Florida has the advantage at every single position on the field, all the way down to two, three deep into every position. They have the advantage on the sidelines, in my opinion, Brandon. I love Lane Kiffin, but let's be honest here. Uh, Dan Mullen is a better coach overall than Lane Kiffin, and I I, I think the Gators pull away late, Brandon. It's probably not as big of a spread as you think uh, or, or pick for me. I think I have, I have Florida 38-16, to 16, Brandon. 38-16. So you really trust Ole Miss to score two touchdowns on this Florida no, defense? Yeah. I think they're going to get a lot of field goals. I think they're going to score some touchdowns late because I think what we've seen with injuries, I don't think, I think if Florida gets enough ahead, Dan Mullen is not going to risk anybody to injury because this Florida team was ravaged by injuries at time, at times last year. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, I'm going to go with Florida 35, uh, Ole Miss six. Oh, 35 to six. That's a, some mean beat down in Oxford, Mississippi, but guys, we're, we're going to go into one of the biggest potential upsets of the weekend. I don't we know. got the miss. We got the Mississippi state Bulldogs at number six, LSU. LSU is a 16 and a half point favorite. Our man B dub is going to be in the stands watching the Bulldogs pull up the upsets to Brandon. How does it happen? Uh, it doesn't Zach. It's, it's simply not going to happen. I mean, it, <laughs> I understand people this season, everyone I've heard, oh, Brandon, LSU's not going to have the same home field advantage. Of course they're not going to have the same home field advantage, but they're still going to have 26,000 fans in their stands. It's going to be COVID riddled. I get it. I'm a season ticket holder. I'm going to catch it. I'll be out of the podcast for a few weeks. Who cares? I'm willing to sacrifice that. But, uh, Zach, upset potential? Are, Are we kidding here? Is this a joke? Mississippi State? It's it's absolutely a joke. I mean, (laughs) I mean, I, I, do I think LSU covers? Uh, that could be a different question, but I don't think I, I don't think there's a chance Mississippi State wins. I mean, they you know they start their title defense. They have a new look Bulldogs team with Michael Leach, but I think this game could offer fireworks really and truly. And there, I think there's a lot of interesting storylines in this game. I think you can get on the board with me there. I mean, how's how is Miles Brennan going to play? It's our first look after Joe Burrow. He'd probably just had the best season. Well, I, okay, he. I, I, I feel like I'm okay saying this. He had the best season of any LSU player in the history of the program and arguably any player in the history of college football. But Mississippi State has the 111th ranked secondary in the entire country, and Cam Dantzler's gone. Chauncey Rivers of that D-line's gone where he generated a lot of pressure. Tyler Williams now takes over to be the leader. But I need to see that next step out of him before I can crown him the next. I mean, Mr. States has had some elite secondary players. I don't know if he's that. But Miles Brennan's job did get a little bit harder, regardless of you know how Eric Gilbert is or T- Terrence Marshall. All, th- all those guys are great. But his job got harder without Jamar Chase because that, that guy's a different breed, and he has potential. And, Brandon, I think you can agree with me here. I think he has more arm strength than Burrow. But does he have that it factor? Because, Brandon, I know you can kind of speak to this, but Burrow had just something you couldn't put your your hand on. He had the accuracy, the leadership, the playmaking ability that I need to see out of Brennan. But there was just always something about Joe Burrow that just made him different. And I don't know if Miles Brennan has that. But he does have more just arm strength. And so that is a small positive going into this weekend. Here's what I'll say, Zach. I think I think some more people need to start putting a little bit more respect on Miles Brennan's name. I'm not saying he's gonna come out the gate being the greatest of all time. I don't even think he compares to Joe Burrow. I, I said that on my SEC preview, but I mean, he, I think he's better than a lot of people are giving him credit for. You know, he came into LSU out of Stan, uh, out of St. Stanislaus High School in uh, Long Beach, Mississippi, two se- or three years ago. Actually, it was in 2017. Um, but he came out as a four-star, and he came out as the number 150 player in the country overall. I mean, this kid's not a bum. I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel pretty confident in saying that. I think it's going to be interesting to see, you know, especially after he was able to sit behind one of the best college football quarterbacks in recent history for a full season, 
and and, and we get and and we get to see what his backup's going to do now. So yeah, I mean, I think this wide receiving core is definitely still stacked without Jamar Chase. Obviously, that's a huge hit. I'm not saying that Terrace Marshall Jr. is Jamar Chase part two. He's not. You know, he's a really good wide receiver. So is Racy McMath. So is Eric Gilbert at tight end. Uh, but I, I think the real uh, strong point of this LSU team, though, is going to be this defense. And maybe if you would have asked me a few weeks ago how I thought this game was going to pan out, my answer might have been a little bit different. I, don't, I still don't think Mississippi State would win. But now with Neil Farrell opting back into the season with Glenn Logan on this defensive line, I think they're going to make Kylan Hill's job a lot harder uh, this weekend. And so I don't think he's going to have as much of an impact as he might would have, what, three weeks ago before we had all these opt-ins. So I don't know. I don't know if LSU covers, but but I think they win pretty comfortably in this one. Yeah, and I mean, it kind of took my – Angle here. I mean, the the next storyline. I think it might be one of the biggest storylines in the country. Brandon is how is Mike Leach's high powered offense going to perform against SEC defenses? And what a first week matchup against this ridiculous LSU secondary. Um, you know, Derek Stingley's back, by far the best defensive back in college football. But a breakout option I want everyone to keep an eye on. I was doing some research on LSU's DBs. Cordell Flott yeah. is a guy you have to watch out for. And, you know, last year, Brandon only allowed six first downs and had seven pass breakups. He's long, he's lean, he's athletic, and I think he has semi-elite ball skills. And you combine that with Elias Ricks coming in, who can also contribute. But I think Cordell Flott is an overlooked cog in this LSU defense. And KJ Costello he might have his work cut out. I mean, this is a tough matchup for the Bulldogs wide receivers. Osiris Mitchell is back, but the true X factor, Brandon, is Tyrell Shavers. He's the transfer from Alabama. We actually deemed him before his transfer a breakout player for Alabama. Yeah. He's 6'6", 215. It gives him the physical advantage over almost any DB, but the big thing is can Costello be accurate, efficient? Can he limit turnovers? If yes, the Mississippi State can be competitive in this game. But if no, LSU and their starters are going to be on the sidelines in the second quarter because if you start turning the ball over, this defense can make you pay. You put the ball in Derek Stingley's hands, he's taking it back for a touchdown. Yeah, and, and if you kick it to Derek Stingley, he's taking it back for a touchdown. And that's the ball a fact. Yeah, just, just don't throw toward that kid. He's, he's, he's built different. But, Brandon, I trust LSU – and their coaching staff more. I think this defense probably is going to finish top 10 in the country. The Bulldogs have some talent. They're just, they just have that inexperience in the wrong places for a COVID altered all season. I don't think LSU covers. So I think both teams come out sluggish. We've seen it week after week, and that's going to be a theme with my picks today. But I think LSU jumps out to an early lead. It's never really competitive, but I have LSU 34 to 17 over the Mississippi State Bulldogs. You think they scored 34 points? That's pretty generous. I don't even have them scoring that much. Um, I've got LSU 31, Mississippi State 10. I like that. Uh, hey, I like the pick. Guys, we're going on to Brandon's second favorite team. We just covered his first. We got the Texas Longhorns, number eight in the country, yeah. traveling, to, traveling to Lubbock, Texas, to take on the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Texas is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. And, Brandon, is Texas going to get upset this week? I wish they would, but they're not going to. Um, I, to call this game a matchup is a little generous for Texas Tech because that, that is – that is one school that is that is good at basketball and not much else. You think so? Well, I don't think That's they're good tough. at football. We saw them last That's season, right? real tough. I mean, okay, listen, Texas Tech is coming off a two-point win over Houston Baptist. Um, <laughs> while Texas now has a national championship hype after their win over UTEP, listen – Brandon, I hate to I hate to be the you know bearer of bad news to you, man. You you my friend, you're my homie, you know. But oh. this is going to be really this going to be a bad week for you because Sam Ellinger is about to take over the Hosman lead because this that the hype train is going to be full steam ahead. Brandon, this this Texas Tech defense allowed 600 total yards to Houston Baptist, and Houston Baptist threw for 500 plus yards on them. Yeah, I don't know, okay. man. That's bad. I mean, okay. Do you think Sam Ellinger is better than Bailey Zapp of yes, Houston Baptist? I, I absolutely. absolutely do, Zach. 
I do. <laughs> I really, really do. I don't think that a win over Texas Tech should put you in Heisman contention, though. I think that's a little ridiculous. I understand uh, that it probably will, but I don't think it should. I I want a vote in for the Heisman race. That's what I want for my birthday. My birthday's coming up in like two weeks. If anyone could get me that, then I mean, listen, this is going to be bad for you because Brent he already threw for four twenty six and five touchdowns in the first half. If he hits five hundred yards passing like like Bailey Zapp did, he would be, if if he gets to like I believe it's like five like fifty sixty, he'll throw for a thousand yards in two games. Right, that's tough. That's real tough. It's real tough. It is. I get that. Uh, and a big question for me, Brandon, another storyline to get to get off, you know, breaking your heart here. I mean, the, can the Texas wide receivers continue their pre- uh, like progression from one of the worst projected units to a unit that's performed fairly well in a game? I mean, Joshua Moore, Tariq Black, Brendan Schooler, they all have to continue to be explosive and finding holes in the defense, creating separation. Ellinger has to rely on these guys down the stretch. So using these games against these weaker teams is so important. And if I'm, if I know, I know nobody from the Texas coaches staff listens to us, you know, maybe, I mean, Texas is what our top, one of our top three, most listened to states. If you know anybody on this Texas staff, please tell them to give the ball to Bajan Robinson. He was by far the most consistent explosive running back last week. And he, he was average. He was the only running back to average over five yards per carry. And he had almost eight, but he only got five attempts, Brandon. How do you have that and you just keep feeding the ball to Keontae Ingram and he's not doing anything? I don't know, but it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you get your first five stars since like Vince Young and, you know, you're not giving – it's ridiculous. But listen, as for Texas Tech, before we wrap this up, Alan Bowman has to avoid turnovers. This offense must finish drives. Brandon, they put up over 650 yards of total offense last week but only scored 35 points. Right. That, that doesn't even make sense. Uh, it makes, you, have, no you have to be able to move the ball like they did, but you got to turn that into points. TJ Vasher, most talented player on this offense, and he got outshined by Keyshawn Carter last week. But to beat the Longhorns, Vasher is going to have to be on his A game. Brandon, to be frank with you, the Longhorns are going to dominate this game. The momentum and the matchups are there for an epic offensive showdown. But I have Texas 52-27 to 27 over Texas Tech. Ooh, 52-27. Now, see, that, I still think you're being generous here, Zach. I, I don't think Texas Tech is capable of scoring uh, 27 points. Uh, I'm honestly not sure if they have an offense. So I'm going to go with Texas 52, Texas Tech mm, 3. 3? That offense put up like 700 yards last week. I don't know, man. What do you mean? 3. three. Wow, Pick 6 doesn't matter if you get the score right. It that, matters if you if you get the win. That's a fact. Okay. Um, we're moving on to an interesting matchup here. One that kind of, I guess, average fans would be like, huh? But yeah, it's a ranked matchup. Number 22 Army at number 14 Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a 13 and a half point favorite, which I think is a ridiculous spread. Yeah, it definitely is. Army's ranked. I don't like that. Uh, Army's ranked because they've been dominant, Brandon. I've seen it, Zach, but I don't like it. I mean, support Listen. the troops, all that, but I don't like it. <laughs> Listen, this game's really, really hard for me to predict. I am still not sure who I'm going to go with, really. But Army's looked outstanding, especially on defense. Cincinnati played Austin P. They've just been getting beaten week in and week out. Someone needs to help them reach out to Austin P. make sure they're okay. But, you know, which team, Brandon, can impose their type of gameplay? I mean, Army chews to clock, runs the ball. They're physical, disciplined. They're slow, methodical. Cincinnati is the opposite. They're explosive. Get the ball in playmakers' hands and go. You know, you say, how is Army ranked? This defense is no joke right now, Brandon, and they have some momentum going. They're allowing three and a half points a game through the two first two weeks of the season. They're only allowing 190 yards per game and holding teams to under 60 yards rushing. Okay. I mean, I guess you answered my question. Thank you. Outstanding. And this defense, Cedric Cunningham and John um, Radigan combined for over 24 tackles, three and a half sacks, an interception, and a touchdown through the first two games. These two guys are everywhere. It, but, Brandon, you like Cincinnati. I know you like Cincinnati. We both like Cincinnati. De- Desmond Ritter, 
back. He's going to probably make a run at AAC Player of the Year. He's off to a great start with 200 yards passing, two touchdowns. Was also the team's leading rusher last week, which is why, Brandon, if they're going to win this game, Jerome Ford and Charles McClendon have to step up and take some pressure off of Ritter. They combined for 75 yards rushing against a weak Austin P team. Not great whatsoever. No, and especially when Ford was a former a four to five star, depending on where you look at the rankings from Alabama. You oh my gosh. Gotta give me more than that. And, but Brandon, I'm really uh, this is why I'm concerned. The two opponents Army's played are 0 and 4 right now. Cincinnati's played Austin P, who also hasn't won a game. So do we really have a lot to base this off of? No, we haven't seen either one of these teams at, at their full potential. I, I but fully Brandon, believe that. You're a gambling man, right? You, you, uh, uh, no, no, I made it very clear that I'm not a gambling man. <laughs> you like talking about gambling. How about that? We'll put it like that. Did yeah. you know the last three times Army has been a 13.5-point underdog or more, they've either won or that game has been to overtime, and they almost won. did not they, know it, that. Oklahoma, Michigan, and a game in the 80s that slipped in my mind. They won the game in the 80s. They took Oklahoma to two overtimes, and they took Michigan to overtime last year. So this oh, is wow. very, very concerning for the Cincinnati Bearcats. <laughs> oh, that makes that makes me – oh, you sh- I wish you wouldn't have said that, Zach. Uh, That's tough. That's tough. Brandon, your pick here. Oh, man. Well, uh, I'm going with Army. Uh, I don't I – don't, I, I hate that I am going with Army, but I'm going with Army. Uh, you oh. made me. You made me do this. You tricked oh. my dumb brain, Zach. You tricked oh, my dumb no. brain. This is on you. I can't. But why would you do that? What's the score? I don't. I, I, Army. Pff, can they score? Do they know how to score? Uh, Army. <laughs> Ar, uh, Army twenty-four. Cincinnati twenty-five. Uh, not twenty-five. Twenty-one. Oh, that's crazy. Okay, I have Cincinnati. I have it written down, Brandon. Cincinnati twenty four to twenty one. Oh my gosh! We have the same score. So that's hey, you know what? Me and Brady got the same as that score. If that comes out right, we're marking us both down, both down as winners here. Oh man! But I can't believe Brandon's dumb brain just got tricked. But we're gonna move on to another game where our dumb brains might have been tricked this off season. It's uh, West Virginia at number fifteen, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's a six and a half point favorite. Listen, I don't ever lie to the Blue Bloods family out there, so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't completely confident in this game as someone who picked Oklahoma State to win the Big 12. Yeah, I don't know, man. Just after watching Oklahoma State play last weekend, I don't know what's real anymore. Um, I don't know what to believe in, quite frankly, and and so I'm in the, I'm in a very weird spot right now. Well, this is also going to make you feel even worse. Spencer Sanders has is questionable. Um, I did talk to some people who are at Oklahoma State, and he was in a walking boot until at least Wednesday afternoon. Mm, I, don't, so, I don't like that. That's not great. Uh, Mike Gundy's still not really saying what's up. But the big question is, who's going to start if Sanders can't go? In my opinion, it should absolutely be Shane Illingsworth. And that still has to be verified by Gundy because he still is playing the kind of holding the cars close to the vest game. But, Brandon, that doesn't really matter to me. The biggest storyline arguably in the country this weekend is can Chuba Hubbard figure it out? Can he find any space between an O-line that struggled early and often against Tulsa? You know, his his uh, college football streak of, of 100-yard games was snapped. Um, now, I'm sure he's going to be motivated to start a new streak, but sadly – this West Virginia team's strength is in its front seven. It only allows 75 yards rushing last week. Yes, it was against Eastern Kentucky, but it was an impressive performance. And, Brandon, I don't know about you. I don't have confidence in this offensive line. I don't know, man. Uh, quite, I mean, you, you said the thing about Spencer Sanders and the walking boot. You're going to trick me again, Zach. I don't like it. Um, uh, so he, he's in a walking boot, and Chuba Hubbard kind of played like he was wearing two walking boots last weekend. <laughs> God, man. I don't know. That's tough. He still ran for 90, what, three yards? Yeah, but that's not 100. Who cares? Um, I don't I don't know, Zach. You're going to make you're going to make me do it again. I don't I don't like that. You're going to make me do it again. So I'll I'll make you feel a little bit better. The huge question mark is Jarrett. 
I, I don't even how, do you know how to say his last name? I think it's uh, Doge. Nope. I don't think we should try. Oh, you already did. No. Okay. Yes, yeah, Jared Doge. I swear that's what I heard on ESPN. We're going to go with it. We're rolling here on the Blue Bloods. But, you know, his hype train started last week. I saw people from Pro Football Focus and ESPN saying this kid could compete for the Heisman, which I don't understand where that's coming from. But here we are. Um, he only threw for 230 last week, three touchdowns. But he has a tough matchup against this Oklahoma State secondary, Brandon. Yeah. Um, you know, but the big question mark is: Can the Cowboys' front seven get to the quarterback and force, you know, Doge into some bad decisions? I mean, Doge versus Colby Harville, Peel, and Trey Sterling, or Illingsworth or Sanders versus Tyreek Smith and Sean Mahone for West Virginia. That's going to be the storyline of who wins this game. Oklahoma wins. I mean, Oklahoma State wins. Then Colby Harville, Peel, and Trey Sterling won that matchup. If this other way, Tyreek Smith and Sean Mahone won that matchup. But, Brandon, I think Chuba Hubbard explodes onto the scene this week. I think he rushes for over 200 yards this week to make up for last week. Illingsworth is Illingsworth's going to get the start, in my opinion. He's going to make just enough plays to keep the Cowboys alive, but I don't expect the Mountaineers to roll over. I have Oklahoma State 35, West Virginia 27. Oh, wow. Okay. Um so my dumb brain is not going to trick me this week because simply because I think West Virginia is just that bad. Uh, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State 28, West Virginia 17. I like it. I like it. Guys, we're moving on here. We got Florida State at number 12, Miami. Miami's an 11 and a half point favorite. And Brandon, I don't know about you. This might be the absolute worst case scenario for the Seminoles this weekend. I mean, you want to start with head coach Mike Norval being out for COVID, which means tight end coach Chris Thompson is calling the game this weekend. And Brandon, this is tough for me because the staff's already new and now that continuity is already broken. Right. I mean, not, and, not great, not ideal. No. And Brandon, they're facing the hottest team in the entire country right now. I mean, Miami is on fire. It's lived up to every bit of the hype and more. They're the sleeper in the ACC, dominating Louisville on the road last week. Brandon, do the Seminoles have any chance? I don't think they do. I, I honestly don't know how this spread is even remote. I mean, it's not really close. It's 11 and a half points Miami, and I guess that's only because it's a rivalry game. If I had to guess why, uh, so I'm going to – I mean, Miami's going to blow them out of the water, right? I mean, they have to. I, I think they have to, but – Derek King, Cameron Harris, man, they're going to brutalize the Seminoles defense. And I'm going to enjoy every single minute of it. I am going to love this game. Yes, I know. I'm not over 2013. If you don't know what happened, just leave me alone. Let me watch this program burn to the ground because it is making me so happy. But this Miami team has one of the most balanced attacks in the country right now. Brandon, they're averaging 500 yards per game. And it's split evenly, almost perfectly evenly, at about 240 yards passing and rushing per game. Right. It's 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 just crazy to watch. Derek King yet to make a turnover this this season. He's produced almost 600 total yards, five touchdowns. He's been accurate. He's been dynamic. A true leader of this Hurricanes offense. Harris Brandon averaging 10 yards per carry this season for the entire season. And this is a Florida State defense that has struggled with Georgia Tech. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, they, they they did for sure. And, and Miami, I mean, not only that, but they look so good everywhere, right? At least I think so. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's night and day to me between Miami and Florida State, and Florida State's on the wrong side of that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I think so. I mean – I don't think Florida State has any hope because they're going to be put in terrible positions. I mean, this Florida State offense now comes in after Georgia Tech held them to 13 total points. We saw what Central Florida did to Georgia Tech. Right. And this offensive line has to stop a D-line for Miami that was preseason ranked top 10 and includes Quincy Roche, who might be the best defensive lineman in in the ACC right now. Yeah, uh, Jalen Phillips has been breaking out. Nesta Jade uh, Silvera has been breaking out. This D-line is one of the deepest in the country. And add that to your boy, James Blackman, who is the most overrated and ridiculous quarterback in the entire country. And I am mind blown that he's still the starter. I don't think Florida State wins a game this year unless he's not the starter. 
No, look, bench him. Do what you got to do. I'm not, I, I'm, I can't say what I was about to say. So I'll, I'll tell you after the show, Zach. But uh, if you, I'll say this: if you Venmo me three dollars after, like after you listen to this, then I'll tell you what I was going to say. It's <laughs> listen, very exclusive. Listen, your boy is sitting up here in Manhattan, Kansas, working like a dog in this neuroscience lab. I'll do it for free. <laughs> absolutely absolutely Dude. call me up mike norval we, we can have a meeting since you have covid we'll zoom this weekend but brandon 53 percent of his passes against georgia tech were completed held to less to five less than five yards per completion and he was sacked three times had an ill-time interception that really hurt fsu in that last game i don't think florida state matches up well anywhere with miami this is going to be an absolute beat down in south beach saturday night Brandon, I have Miami 45, Florida State 14. Wow, you have Florida State actually scoring 14 points on, on Miami. Okay. Uh, I think it's Miami Dude, defense it, is too it, good it, for that. It, it might be 38 nothing at halftime, and then the backups are coming in, and James Blackman might be able to beat some backups. That's fair. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Miami 35, uh, Florida State uh, 3. Hey, you are really tough on these uh, like losing offenses. That's like the third time you've picked three for the losing team in a matchup. You don't have any faith in any offense okay. this weekend. Florida, Florida State nine. Oh, got you. Okay, big baller <laughs> Brandon over here. But guys, we're gonna move on to. I think this is the best matchup for the weekend. Um, but it's number twenty four Louisville at number twenty one Pitt. Pitt is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Brandon, this is going to go in a long way to determining positioning behind ACC uh, in the ACC behind Clemson, I think. I mean, Pitt's looking to start 3-0 and for the first time since 2014. Louisville's looking to redeem themselves after that beating last week at the hands of Miami. So I got to ask you one thing, Brandon. Whose idea was it to put this game at 11 o'clock on the ACC network? I don't know, but that's the crazy thing because there was actually an open time slot. Shout out to Nick for the for this little tidbit. There was an well, open ESPN time too. slot. Yeah, be, because of the canceled like game this weekend. Yes, yeah. and, and and they thought Alabama Missouri was a primetime game on ESPN. That's what I'm saying, and so and, oh man, now no one's gonna be able to see it because it's on ACC Network. So now right? I'm just and, mad. And, and at 11 o'clock, when you have another ranked matchup that somehow made it at 11 o'clock that we're about to cover next. So you have the two ranked-on-ranked matchups at 11 a.m.? That's ridiculous. Whoever's scheduling these games should be drug out into the street. Well, okay, my bad. The Two of the three. The third is at 2.30, which is Army at Cincinnati. We're talking about ranked Power 5 matchups. This is ridiculous. That it's all, I mean, Brandon, Kansas, Baylor, and Tennessee, South Carolina got prop time spots. I mean, that should not be allowed. That should be illegal. If I, when I'm, I'm president upset. one day, that will be illegal. Bro, Mark my he's, words. <laughs> he's he's he said I gotta fix. He's, I gotta fix the national debt. Nah, man, we gotta put. We gotta make the ACC network available to everybody. Hashtag ACC network for everybody for Brandon for president. Yeah, I promise. I I will. I will stand by that promise. That is my only platform. I'm a one platform president. That's it. Mm, that's tough but guys these teams match up really really well because pit it's strength versus strength weakness versus weakness i mean you have this amazing louisville louisville offense against this outstanding pit defense and then you got a horrible louisville defense against a mediocre pit offense it, it's perfect i mean right brandon these are the storylines i want to see will this Pitt D-line be able to get to Malik Cunningham and force him into bad situations? And will Paris Ford be able to slow down Tutu Atwell in this potent passing attack? These storylines are going to determine the winner of this game in, in every scenario I can think of. I mean, Louisville started slow. Louisville outscored Miami in the second half, but a 14-3 to deficit in the first quarter is never going to win you a conference game. Yeah, especially against Miami. Uh, and Brandon, I, I need your opinion on this because I've been thinking about this more and more. I actually rewatched the Louisville Miami game. Why does it this offense run more through JV and Hawkins first, more so than Mikael Cunningham? Um, because they're bad at offense. I, I don't. I don't. Who's their offense? They're bad at offense. 
They're bad at all. They have one of the bad, best not, offenses. Not, way, not, not offense, not offense. I didn't mean bad at offense. I meant bad. I meant the offensive coordinator isn't a great play caller. Okay, uh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I was about to say, um, you do know that offense is really, really good, right? No, I no, I was I was following that up with who is their offensive coordinator? We need to have a talk. Ah oh, man, it's. I don't know who it is, but it, give me give me Mikhail Cunningham and JV and Hawkins and Tutu Atwell. It's a wrap. I'm dominant. It's four verts all game or just a, ha- a halfback screen. That's it. But Brandon on the option. other side, yeah, and the, the read option. There we go. But Brandon, I think the the key player to this game in all actuality is Kenny Pickett. I think he is the entire X factor in this game. If Kenny Pickett, that's the past two weeks that he's been picking apart Syracuse and Austin P. If he shows up, Pitt's absolutely going to win this game. But if the Kenny Pickett that showed up late last year come, shows up, it's a wrap for Pitt, right? Right. I mean, this offense relies on him. The run game's been inconsistent. Their leading rusher only has 100 yards in two games. Uh, Kenny Pickett, he's got to put the ball in the right places, avoid turnovers, and if he can, Pitt runs away with this game in all in all actuality. That's a huge if, in my opinion, Brandon. He's not the most consistent quarterback, and Pickett's wide receivers and tight ends are the reason of that. Brandon, they have dropped four or more passes in both games this year already. That's wild. That's not. Their highest graded wide receiver last week had a 65, according to Pro Football Focus. A 65, okay. That's tough. That's, a that's real tough. Yeah, that's, that's a mean D. You would have to retake the class. And <laughs> That is not passing in your major. Sir. <laughs> no, that degree. Listen, Ds don't get degrees. Um, but Pickett can't do this alone, man. A true wide receiver, uh, like a, dub, a wide receiver one target, has to step up. He's got to help Pickett out because I think Pickett's a good quarterback. I just think it's always like one piece away, Brandon. It's either the O line, it's the wide receivers dropping passes, it's the oh we missed a field goal there. It's always one thing or another. Yeah, I and, agree. And do you remember how many missed field goals last week, Syracuse, or how many field goals Syracuse missed last week? Uh, a few. Three, I believe yeah, it a was. Few. That's what, uh, uh, three is a few, yeah. yes. Okay, so the final score would have been 21-19 in that case. Does that make you feel real good? No, not at all. No. So, listen, I'm torn on this pick. And, Brandon, if I was an odds maker, I think this would be a pick em game if I was setting the line. You I think, think you really, this is even? You think it's an even line? Yeah, absolutely. I mean – uh, I do, and listen, I'm going to bet on Louisville's offense and JV and Hawkins to win a close one in Pittsburgh this weekend. I have Louisville 31, Pitt 27. Ooh, I don't know, Zach. I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to ride with the Panthers on this one. Um, go with ride. my gut here. I think this defense is for the too brand. good. For the brand, yeah. I'm a big Pitt guy. I don't know if you guys noticed. Um, I, my, three, my three teams apparently are LSU, Wisconsin, and Pitt. My, I don't know why, but they are. Uh, so I'm going with I'm going with Pitt uh, Pitt 24 Louisville uh, 21. I like that. This is your second field goal pick of the episode. I think you're done with Same those. Score, so Auburn, uh, Auburn or Kentucky has to win by more than three, Brandon. No, <laughs> but that's our last matchup that. of the day. Number 23 Kentucky at number eight Auburn. Auburn's a seven and a half point favorite. Brandon, I think this is going to be a sneaky good game to watch, and I'm so pissed that Auburn, Kentucky, Louisville, Pitt are both at 11 a.m. It yeah. just infuriates me, even as an Auburn fan, and I'm going to be using that multicast on ESPN to watch both of these games. But listen, Auburn's looking to build off a season of what could have been, and Kentucky's just hopefully wanting to play a season with a quarterback, and they're looking to build off a strong finish of the season. But Brandon, tell me why. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to assume. Tell me who wins this game and why. Auburn wins. Uh, you could have you could have said it. Auburn's going to win this game, and I don't really know why. I think it's because Kentucky, in my dumb brain, I don't know why anything happens. But Kentucky uh, is, is too busy rebuilding. I think they lost entirely too much this past season, and, and they're just not going to be all the way there. I, I think Auburn comes out a little bit slow in this one. And so I, I know the line, right? I know the over under is at forty nine and a half, but I don't even think that I don't even think they get remotely close to that point. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, I just think this Kentucky team's rebuilding way too much this season to to be as good as they're projected to be. I mean, they're ranked. Uh, they are ranked. Yeah, that, they indeed are. But listen, I mean, this Auburn team is going to go as far as Bo Nix takes them. And that could be the middle to lower pack of the SEC, or it could be the SEC championship. Those are your two options here. And, you know, I want to address this. I was doing some research for this game, and I got a, I got a roast Brandon here. This is, this is a grudge between me and Brandon. Okay. Brandon hopped on this stupid Twitter hype train where Bo Nix was named Bo Picks. Well, he um, is. Okay, but contrary to the fake news out there, Brandon, Nix has the second longest active streak of thrown passes without an interception. Do you want to know who is behind? Who's that? Trevor Lawrence. Oh. I don't know. Ah, I don't. Yes, that's a fact. That's an actual fact. Is you can look that up. I need you to. I need you to cite your sources here. ESPN. All right. Well, I don't. I don't care about that. He's both picks in my book. Trevor Lawrence has thrown two hundred and seventy-six consecutive passes without an interception. Bo Nix is at one ninety-one in second. One ninety-one. I don't know, man. How many passes did he throw last season? Because he threw a couple picks. Yeah, but. Out after the Florida, well, it was the after the he okay. So actually, off the top of my head, the last pick he threw was in the LSU game to Derek Stingley before halftime. Yeah, that was that was a good pick. Well, that's because Derek, Sting, Derek Stingley is the goat in terms of college DB. So let's 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 ease I, off off of that. I wish you know what I'll, I'm. I, I gotta change the subject a little bit here, Zach, because. I'm growing increasingly worried that you keep you keep hyping Derek Stingley up the way you are because everyone <laughs> everyone knows that Zach is cursed and I don't like I like that he's saying nice things about him I do but I I don't like what I think he might be doing are you trying to curse LSU maybe I mean I don't think See, I have to curse thought, LSU this year that's what I thought you were doing last season when you chose them to win the SEC and it didn't happen but now you're talking and about I, Derek if, Stingley. <laughs> So I don't know. I think he's, I think he's gonna be the first overall pick when he comes out. I think he's that good. Yeah, but that, now you keep hyping him up, so he's gonna like he's gonna twist his ankle this this weekend or something. Bro, if he, something if, he bad tears his, if he tears his ACL this weekend, you you can just oh, quit the podcast. I understand. I didn't even go that far, Zach, for a reason, and, and so now <laughs> it's gonna happen. It's it's written in stone after, after the NFL season that we after the NFL weekend we just had. I mean, hey, it's okay. My Dolphins play tonight. They're gonna get beat by the Jaguars by fifty, so we're even. But listen, back on <laughs> back on topic. Nick's is gonna have all his weapons back, Brandon. Every single scholarship wide receiver from those team last year is back. Seth Williams was one of the best wide receivers in the SEC last year. The the clot. Fastest wide receiver, fastest player in the SEC, Anthony Swartz is back after injuries slowed on last season. But, Brandon, the storyline to watch, I know we both played offensive line kind of in, in high school. But, <laughs> it's very um, generous to say we played. <laughs> I must say, uh, I don't know. Well, I was saying it because I don't know if a long snapper <laughs> counts I love technically. A long snapper. Uh, uh, yeah. That's true. But this young Auburn defensive line against this Kentucky offensive line, I mean – can Big Cat Bryant, Tyrone Truesdale, Derek Hall, Colby Wooten, can they find a way to get to Terry Wilson and force him into bad situations? The O-line for Kentucky, we covered it last night on our SEC preview. Go check that out on YouTube now. They're arguably one of the best offensive lines in the entire country, and they have the probably the arguably the best offensive lineman in the country now that Panay Sewell isn't playing. Darian Kennard at offensive tackle is a stud. He ranked right behind Sewell. Whichever unit wins this matchup goes a long way in determining this game. And Brandon, that brings me to Terry Wilson. He's the quarterback. He's a gamer, but he has a left. He, he leaves a lot to be desired and just pure passing ability. I mean, ranked outside the top 50 last year, Brandon, in every category except accurate pass rate. And it's because he threw a lot of screens. Uh, he ranked second to last in the entire country for power five quarterbacks in, in play under pressure last year. That's why that matchup between the offensive line and defensive line is so important. He's got to make plays with his legs while not turning the ball over. Brandon, I think these teams have some dominant units on on their squads. They have some holes in certain spots. No position is more important than quarterback. I don't think anyone can argue I'm taking Bo Nix over Terry Wilson in this matchup. I have Auburn 34, Kentucky 24. Okay. I'm going I'm going with Auburn 28, Kentucky 14. Oh man, that's 
that's real tough. Yeah, that's, it is. I, sorry. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. I got you. But guys, we've been holding off. We, you know, we I paused. We paused the recording when this broke. But we're gonna have, I guess, like a this. We make we'll make the show three segments technically. But guys, the Pac-12 makes a huge, huge announcement. They are gonna play football this fall. I don't. I don't think anybody in the entire world is more excited than we are. But we got to see opt outs. We got to see you know different things. But listen, with the details, the Pac-12 is gonna play in November. I don't believe they have the exact start date set out, Brandon. But they're going to play a seven-game schedule. Um, I'm waiting to see how the playoff committee responds. But this is the latest info we have. We, it's finally dope that we get to break. You know, <laughs> we get to we get like breaking news during an episode. Um, but uh, let's see, November sixth, is targeted yeah. date, and they're going to have seven games, guys. And the conference title game is going to be no bye weeks. Conference title game, December eighteenth right before the playoff committee announces their pick. So the Pac-12 is back in contention for the playoffs. Brandon, your take here. I, I, I'm i not crying, you're crying. Uh, we have Power 5 football this season. When the mat comes back, I'll actually cry. I'll cry on air, I promise. Um, but until then, I, I just can't I can't even put into words. Zach, do you think that maybe they'll, they'll just play all the Pac-12 games at like midnight? Because if they do that, I'll – I don't know what I'll do. I'll lose my mind. I hey, think that's no, what it should do. No fans are going to be allowed at any athletic event in the Pac-12 until January 2021. So they could. I think they should. I really, really do. I'd watch that so much more than I would like a Pac-12 game that's at the same time as it, literally any SEC game. I would. I just would. Um, play all your games at night. The Pac- November's a really late start date, but I understand it, I guess. I just well, this is one of those you, things that took me by total surprise. I mean, like you said, we were recording and we we had to stop because I got an update on my phone uh, from CBS Sports that's like, "Hey, guess who's playing this season?" Because like we hadn't even heard about a vote or any kind of talks from the Pac-12, and it just came out of the blue. Yeah, well, I mean, there's people saying that the schedule's coming really soon. Maybe they'll do like the Big Ten announce it during halftime of a game this weekend. Um, you know, Stuart Mandel um, of Bleacher Report said they should do it during halftime of the BYU Troy game at ten thirty at night. Um, but Brandon, I gotta ask, I gotta ask you some questions. There, there are some you know extenuating things. How much do you think Keaton Slovis's outspoken approach oh, in these past few God. weeks played a part in this? I don't know, but you just reminded me that Keaton Slovis gets to play this season. And I get to watch that, so. I'm going to be super obnoxious back, guys. If Zach has Sam Howell, I'm taking Keaton Slovis. Uh, we're going to the bank. I don't have to be on the uh, Dylan Gabriel train anymore. Who even cares about that bum? I, all I care about is Keaton. And, yes, I, I think it went a long way. I think it went a long way in the same way that Justin Fields' uh, statements and campaigns went a long way. I think they see that some of these players legitimately do want to play. And I think more importantly than that, they saw how much money they were going to lose. But yeah, they did see that what that these players legitimately wanted to play. And I think that they they hear that out. They hear the fans who want to see it. I mean, and now we're getting it. So uh, what a what a day. Okay, so next question. Do you think the Hosman Committee is now going to push back their announcement? Because the Hosman Committee usually announces the weekend, the first week in December, which means the Big Ten – um, the SEC finishes that weekend, and the Pac-12 and the ACC are all going to be playing. Do they? How far back do they push it? Uh, that's tough. I, I could see them pushing back a couple of weeks just to accommodate for for the conferences. I don't think they're going to be stubborn and be like, "Oh no, only this conference gets it." I think they have to do, push it back. Players out back then, you think? Because uh, absolutely, just we news. saw Ron. Rondell Moore today. Let's go. That is my favorite player in college football right now. I am a Ron. He's even higher than Sam Howell. Rondell hey, Moore Zach, is a monster. Remember last season when I had him on my Heisman watch and you said, get out of it. Purdue wide receiver. Yeah, but he's going to win the Heisman. I, th- I didn't have him. I had him like fifth place in the Heisman watch. And you said, okay, really? I'll give you that. Okay. Well, I'm, you know, I wasn't drinking the Kool-Aid yet, Brandon. Easy. Okay. 
I Easy. I called it. I but called what, it. Hey, I called your own favorite team winning the championship last year. So how about easy uh, on that? I don't know. I don't know about the champ. You saw them winning the SEC championship. Yeah, I had them making the playoffs, and so like that's enough for you. You would have been completely happy if LSU would have just made the playoffs. I don't know. I don't know if I would have been quite satisfied enough. <laughs> I, I've, I've grown accustomed I mean, to the more to the finer things in life now. That's true. I mean, it's it's weird though because Panay Suel just opted out. What three four days ago? Yeah, I mean that, that, I that mean, might have been a big factor. I don't know. Yeah, I must say because that just seems real suspect that it's that close. But if Panay Suel comes in, man, Brandon, we're gonna have all these previews here. We have a we have a whole another two conferences to preview now. How about I that? Know, it, we got a lot of work ahead of us, but I, we I'm do. We got. Hey, we're going live for those previews. The SEC one went so well. well. I'm just making an executive decision. We're going live for those previews. We got some time to put it together for you guys. But, guys, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. This was breaking news. More info is most likely going to be released this weekend. But, guys, the biggest thing, Pac-12 playing football this year. But, guys, we're wrapping this up. We're bringing back a fan favorite to end the show with a bit of a twist. We have Brandon's there Gambling Corner, a Brandon's staple here on the Blue Bloods. You know, yes, we're bringing the twist. Yes, this is Brandon's gambling segment. Am I introducing it? Am I running it? Absolutely. But we're letting Brandon drop all his gambling knowledge. Instead of just Brandon giving up, giving us his picks, I'm throwing some gambling questions that you guys might face this, this upcoming weekend. He's going to tell you where to put your money so you can bring home some dough, buy another TV so you can watch all these stupid, you know what, 11 o'clock games all played right with each other. Let's kick this off with some huge spreads here. Brandon, I have three huge, huge favorites here. So which team of the of the next three are gonna cover their spread this weekend and that you say bet all the bet the house on these teams? We got Alabama, a twenty seven and a half point favorite over Missouri. We have Georgia, a twenty seven and a half point favorite over Arkansas and Oklahoma, a 27 and a half point favorite over Kansas state. Who are you going with and why? I'm going if, so I'm only choosing one here. Only one. You got one guaranteed oh. lock for this. This, 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 is, this has to be Alabama over Missouri, right? I mean, I just ranked Alabama, my SEC champion, Missouri placing dead last in the SEC. Oh, and 10, uh, I don't know. This Alabama offense, we've seen them play. We saw them last year when Tua got hurt. I mean, obviously they lost Jerry Judy uh, and, and, and Devontae Smith. I mean, they they lost a lot of key players there. I'm sorry, Henry Ruggs. Um, but they still have arguably the best wide receiver unit in the country. They probably have the best running back in the country. And, that, I mean, that's not even to mention – uh, what a what a monster Mac Jones is going to be, and then their defense is incredible. So yeah, I think Alabama wins. Uh, if you could have put the spread at forty five, and I might have picked Alabama. Oh man, okay. So do you see either Georgia or Oklahoma not covering the spread this weekend? I don't know if Oklahoma does. I really don't. Oh really? Um, over you don't think they're going to be seeking revenge over K State smacking them last year? We don't we don't we don't even talk about last year, Zach. I mean, just put that out of the, off the table. Right That's now. true. I mean, That's true. last season what was last season, but now we got K State who looks awful or looked awful this past weekend, and we have them going up against the Oklahoma team that's looked pretty good for for a couple of weekends. One now. game. <laughs> yeah, sure, whatever, whatever, Zach. But Missouri who State. Cares? Who cares? But, but that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. I don't know if they cover the spread because we saw them beat Missouri State, and then we saw Kansas State. Obviously, I mean they they got beat. who cares? Who cares about that game? That doesn't that doesn't even matter. Um, I just don't think they win by what was it twenty seven and a half. Yeah, twenty seven and a half. So four yeah. touchdowns, pretty much. No way, no chance they win by four touchdowns. I think it's a, a two touchdown game tops. Oh, hot take here. So guys. All your money on K-State, all your money on Bama. We got one more here. Brandon, which underdog are you putting all your money on this weekend? To win outright? To, like money line? Win, win outright. Oh, we got okay. NC State, who's a seven-and-a-half-point underdog to Virginia Tech. You got Duke, who's a five-point five underdog to Virginia. And TCU, who's a two-and-a-half-point underdog to Iowa State. Ooh, this one's tough because because my my dumb brain automatically goes straight to TCU because I'm like, oh, they got Zachary Evans. 
But no, I'm not going to do that to you guys. I'm going with NC State this weekend over Virginia Tech. I'm not very high on Virginia Tech. Everyone knows that. Um, I think that this team is coming back from an awful season last year. They look better this season. I'm not going to say a million times better. They do look better. I just don't – I'm not buying into the Virginia Tech hype. I can't do it. I won't do it. And so I'm choosing NC State to win outright over Virginia Tech this weekend. Oh, okay. So either of the other two, Virginia at five, at, with a five-point spread or Iowa State with a two-and-a-half-point spread, do either of these teams not cover that spread? Uh, that's so tough. I, I think they both cover. I, I really do. It's hard I to see, not cover I, a two-and-a-half-point spread, and Duke is just that bad in my opinion. I I feel that the thing I was for uh, the thing I'm worried about here. I I guess my dumb brain was tricked. I probably would have went with TCU here because you got Iowa State got beat 31 to 14 by Louisiana Lafayette what two weeks ago? Yeah, TCU's not good, dude. They're not good. No, I I, I say they were good. I don't think Iowa State's very good as of right now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I'm upset with the Virginia Tech slander. I had them picked in the top five in the ACC. But, guys, it's a short but quick but insightful Brandon's Gambling Corner this week. We're going to have we more, more of those. Uh, we're uh, we're going to get more. Don't worry. But, listen, tomorrow on our Twitter, Brandon and myself will be posting our three gambling picks of the weekend. So check those out. Um, if you want to make a little bit of money, we're get, I guess we're getting into gambling now. We, we are that podcast. FanDuel, sponsor us. We're here. We're gaining listeners we have the best family out there the blue bloods family but guys that is a wrap on this episode three blue bloods episodes this week our sec previews up on our youtube channel you can find the replay on our twitter from periscope you can find the other replay on face on our facebook page on our instagram it is at the underscore blue bloods our twitter at the underscore underscore blue bloods our facebook is at the blue bloods pod um, go check our SEC preview. It was dope. It was fun. We appreciate all you guys tuning in, asking questions, being interactive. Y'all are the best. We got these game previews. Make sure to listen to, before all these games start. Wake up early on Saturday. Get this in. Guys, we'll be back Sunday. We're going to recap a wild weekend of college football. More announcements on Sunday about when our Big Ten and Pac-12 Previewers, pre- previews are coming. More announcements on our articles, our website, thebluebloodspod.com. Go check it out there. Links to everything. YouTube channel, the Blue Blood CFB podcast. You can find all our episodes, interviews, all our live streams on there. But guys, we appreciate you guys. You can find the podcast everywhere. Keep listening. Keep, keep subscribing. Tell your friends, family. If you're going to a game this weekend like Brandon, tell the people sitting six feet away from you. Scream at them. The Blue Blood CFP podcast got them covered on all things college football. But for right now, we are out. <laughs>